Welcome to Back to the Sources, a podcast for those looking for a window into the life of Concordia Seminary and our library, whether you are a theologian, pastor, or prospective student. Each episode explores deep theological questions, profound insights, and topics of interest, brought to you by both professors and students alike. We hope that these conversations enrich your faith, academic, and professional development by connecting you to our rich resources. Back to the Sources is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. Hello and welcome to Back to the Sources. This is a podcast of the Hasse Memorial Library at Concordia Seminary. My name is Kendall Davis. I am an STM graduate student here at the seminary. I uh, finished with my MDiv back in 2021 and um, uh, sticking around for an STM in exegetical theology. And so today I'm going to talk uh, with y'all about biblical commentaries, getting to know your your commentaries there in the line. I know it can be kind of a, a scary and daunting thing because there's all these commentaries from all these series and they're doing weird things. And some of them are helpful, you know, I think. But I, I, I know what I, I see people do is they— you know, they're writing their exegetical paper, and so then they go go to the shelf, you know, for whatever book they're working on, and then they pull just random commentaries off the shelf, you know, just based off of, I don't know, which colors were pretty on the spines, and they just have this big random pile of commentaries, and they just kind of read them all and see see what's happening. Or, you know, they're kind of scared to venture outside of, you know, the 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 nice kind of approved blue Concordia commentaries we all love. Um, and, you know, those commentaries are great. But it's nice to be able to use these resources that are available to us. There's, I mean, nothing kind of more indispensable, I think, when you're working with a particular biblical passage, whether that's for sermon prep or for Bible study or for kind of research for classes, um, is is commentary. It's just seeing what other kind of scholars in the field have said about it. And so today we're going to talk about a couple things. We'll talk about how to pick the right commentary. Uh, for the job. I'd like to think of commentaries as like tools in a toolbox, different tools do different things. Different commentaries do different things. So you got to pick the right commentary for the job. Another thing we'll talk about is understanding kind of the, just like the broad categories of the different kinds of commentaries that are out there um, so that you can kind of understand like wh- where to go and where to start depending on what you want to do. And then we'll also talk through kind of just what a few of the major commentary series that you should know about. And these are kind of ones that I have found helpful for me in my studies. There are so many, but these are a few, at least to help help get you started. So the first thing to mention and to talk about is that there's no like right commentaries like you always have to look at. It depends on what you're doing. Are you writing a big exegetical research paper? You're going to look at different commentaries. Are you prepping a sermon that's different? Are you prepping a Bible study? That's usually also going to be different. Are you just looking for like devotional reading, like just devotionally reading a commentary uh, for yourself or with others? Maybe you're looking for a commentary to recommend to other people. Maybe there's, you know, your your ladies' aid, your LWML wants to kind of read through a commentary together. Well, that's that's different. You're you're looking for something different depending on those different purposes. And and even if, say, you're doing like straight up exegetical research. You got to ask yourself, like, what in particular are you interested in? Do you have a lot of grammatical questions? Do you have questions about, like, what is this text doing as a piece of literature? How does it fit within kind of the broader story of this book? Do you have questions about how this text has been 
interpreted by other Christians in history, whether that's the Reformers or the Fathers? Are you interested in how people from different perspectives have read this text? Are you interested in how this text connects with certain doctrines or how it might not or might might connect? Those are, those are all very different questions. And you're going to need different commentaries to answer those different questions. So the first step, I think, is really clarifying for yourself. What are you doing? What are you after? What do you need? And what sort of questions are you asking, depending on what you're doing? Um, and you'll need to experiment. You'll need to figure out what works best for you. What do you what do you like to look at when you're prepping a sermon? When you're prepping a Bible study, what do you look at? When you're writing your exegetical papers for classes, what are, what are you in particular interested in spending your time uh, doing and studying? What do, you, what do you want to be able to come away with? So I think figuring out those questions is going to help work smarter when you go into the library, when you go into the stacks, and you're actually pulling these commentaries off the shelf. You know, you know what to look for. So, luckily, uh, most modern commentaries you'll find they exist in a series. So that 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 would be really, I think, confusing if just every single book of the Bible just had kind of random commentaries that people had written. But but luckily, they exist in most of them exist in series, and so they're going to be different. You know, like some volumes in the same series can be sometimes even radically different. It's going to depend on the author of the commentary, that sort of thing. But generally, each series is going to have a particular focus. It's going to have a particular kind of aim, particular set of goals uh, that's set by the the editorial team. And then also, it's going to determine the sort of scholars that they pick to be the authors in the first place. So you'll, you'll, you'll find there to be kind of unity in that as well. So you can actually, I've, I've found that you can get to know, you don't just have to get to know individual commentaries, although that's really helpful too. But you can also get to know the series and you can figure out like, oh, like I find this series is really helpful for this. Or I worked with this series and I actually didn't find it that helpful. And maybe I'm not going to look at it again for even this completely different. I, I would encourage you to, to think about it in those terms. So some questions to ask, I think, of commentaries as, as you're kind of figuring it out and kind of ways to kind of tell these series apart, because they, they really do kind of blend together and blur together if you're not <coughs> if you're not completely familiar with what they're doing. So one question would be to ask who is writing? What are the sorts of people writing? What's what what are their perspectives? Are these people who are writing for the academy? Are these kind of, you know, evangelicals writing? Are they writing for pastors? Are they writing for 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 lay people? Are they writing for other scholars? Who's writing? What's their perspective? What sort of questions are they asking would be another question I'd ask. What questions is this commentary asking? Are they asking a lot of grammatical questions? Are they asking questions about sources? Like what, you know, is is being pulled from Q in Luke's gospel and that sort of thing? Are they asking doctrinal questions? Like how did the church get to this doctrine from these passages? Or can we legitimately get to these doctrines from these passages? Are they asking devotional questions? Like what does this biblical text say to me as a Christian or say to us as the church? What do these texts still say to the church today? Those are very different sets of questions. And a good commentary is going to work with multiple sets of questions, but they're going to focus on some things more than others. And so that's something to watch for in a series is what sorts of questions are they focusing on? And then the last one is just how detailed or exhaustive are they being about various questions? Some things they might 
talk about very, very briefly. So say like they might deal with original language things very, very briefly. Other commentaries are going to be almost exclusively focused on original language questions about, you know, grammar and what words mean particular context and such. So so watch for how detailed or exhaustive different commentaries are going to be for you. Sometimes you don't have time to read that thousand-page commentary. But sometimes you you really want that that really broad survey. That's what you want. So 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 watch for that and and be aware of what you have time for and what you need. What sort of tool what sort of tool you need, you know? So I think that, you know, if you want to get a handle on that, a good way to start, actually, uh, you don't have to go and sit there and read the entire commentary, of course not. But a lot of times at the beginning of the book, there'll be kind of all this, this prolegomena, there'll be forwards and introductions. But a lot of times there will be a series preface, uh, usually written by the editor. And a lot of times they'll just have the same series preface just copy and pasted in there in front of like every single volume. I think I think you'll find that in a lot of a lot of these series. So, I mean, honestly, you could go down to the library and you could just look at the series preface. Usually it's like one, maybe two or three pages. And you can get a sense of like, they'll tell you like what questions they're asking, who are they writing to? And they'll they'll lay all that out there for you. So so try taking a look at that actually next time just to see kind of where this commentary is positioned within the broader conversation. So I have found it helpful to divide some of the commentaries that I've used or I'm aware of into, I've got about seven different buckets of commentaries. It's a good biblical number. And so I'll go through them real quick first off, and then I'll go back and kind of talk about kind of some different examples of commentaries that kind of fit into that and uh, some and talk about kind of what's what's available available to you. And then at the end, I'll kind of highlight kind of my top 10, I think, commentary series that I would recommend for your average seminarian to at least be aware of and have on your radar and kind of go to depending on what you're working on and depending on what you need. Consider consider maybe these 10, um, among others, of course. There are a bunch that I you know don't have time to tackle or haven't worked with, but th- these are the ones that I know. These are the ones that I've used. So the seven categories. One would be kind of your traditional academic or scholarly commentaries. This is probably what you think of when you think of commentaries. There's a lot in this um, category, and we have a lot of these. So traditional scholarly commentaries. Another one would be kind of more practical or more theological commentaries would be a second category. These are usually going to be less focused on original language, but practical or theological commentaries. Then you have also what I would call grammatical commentaries. These are more focused on grammar and kind of the minutia there. A fourth category would be popular commentaries. These are often written for, for lay people. They're not as exhaustive, that sort of thing. A fifth category would be historical commentaries. These might be by historical figures or they might be collating historical figures or talking about historical figures have have read these texts over time. Um, a sixth category would be uh, what we might call perspectival commentaries, commentaries that are coming from particular distinct perspectives, and they kind of own that perspective as they comment on the text. And then seventh category that we'll talk about is a single author series. Uh, so this would be a commentary series that is written by a single author. You don't see quite as many of these as I think used to be common, but it's still something to be aware of. So we'll go back to traditional academic scholarly commentaries. These are typically commenting on the original language. They're going to work a lot with grammar and the history of scholarship, these sorts of things. I would kind of think about these commentaries in kind of two kind of subcategories. Uh, you kind of have your kind of major somewhat critical or historical critical commentaries they'll often kind of call themselves. And then kind of your more evangelical commentaries, we might call them. And I wouldn't necessarily think of this in terms of a kind of 
you know, some of these commentaries are liberal or conservative. That's not quite what's going on. A lot of the, you know, the critical commentaries might be written by people who are quite orthodox. And some of the evangelical commentaries can have some goofy ideas in them. So it's it's not so much a question of conservative versus liberal, but it is a question of kind of what what questions are they asking? Are they going to be talking about kind of what sort are kind of laying behind these biblical writings? Or how do these writings kind of give us a window into the community that produced these writings? Your critical commentaries are going to be more interested typically in such questions, whereas your evangelical commentaries are going to be a little more interested in theological, what we can think of as properly exegetical questions. I think they're both um, kind of ones to look at. So for the kind of traditional critical commentaries, some ones to be aware of would be the Word series. This is Green or Blue a series, the Word series. Hermeneia, um, it's either red or yellow, put out by Anchor. As another one, there's usually blue or red. We even have Dr. Paul Rabbi, who used to be a professor here at this institution, retired a couple of years ago. He wrote the Obadiah commentary. So we, we, have, we have one of ours in Anchor. The Old Testament library or New Testament library, these are typically blue or red or tan. This is another good one. And also the International Critical Commentary, the ICC. These are kind of these very distinctive green volumes. Those are, those are all often very helpful and good, good to look at if you want to see kind of what is, what is scholarship saying about, about these, these passages. As far as a traditional scholarly evangelical commentaries, there's, of course, the Concordia Commentary series, uh, which you're probably well aware of, the big, big blue ones. The New International Greek Testament commentary, NIGTC, um, the red. This is actually one of my favorite series. I've, I, it's, I feel like almost, time, almost every time I pick up one of these, I find them really helpful. The NIGTC, they're really good at, I think, dealing with a lot of the grammatical questions that I think that a lot of commentaries, even these scholarly ones, actually don't always deal with so much. Our Concordia commentaries are actually really good with this sort of thing as well. But yeah, NIGTC, pretty good. Another one is the New International Commentary on the New Testament or Old Testament. So N-I-C-N-T or N-I-C-O-T. I often call them uh, Nicknat and uh, Nikot in my head. Th- these are usually tan. I find that these are, are often really helpful too. Another one is the Baker Exegetical Commentary. These are like a pale blue. And then the Tyndale series as well. Uh, now the Tyndale series is on Logos, I believe, the kind of the newer kind of ex- expansion that I think most MDiv students at least should have. Um, so that's a good one to be aware of that you have it for, you know, all the biblical books and sometimes even multiple commentaries for each biblical book because they've kind of gone back and redone some. So there, there's a lot of good stuff there. We have one of our own, Andrew Steinman, Concordia Chicago, wrote a Genesis commentary in that series. It's uh, a fun one to check out as well. So those are the tr- traditional scholarly commentaries. But maybe you don't, you know, want something so scholarly. Maybe you're trying to prep a sermon or a Bible study. You want something more practical that's going to answer those kinds of questions. This is where the practical or the theological commentaries are going to come in. These are usually commenting more directly on the English text. They might discuss some kind of more original language things insofar as it's relevant, but they're typically not as focused on such things. So just three that I'll name for you. There's the NIV application commentary. These are these white ones with kind of this like brightly colored lettering on, on the spines. I, I know I always avoided these because they looked kind of just the the design on them kind of looked kind of hokey. But as, as I've used them more, the NIV application commentary series, I, I found them actually really helpful. They're, they're a lot better than they, they look. But yeah, the, the NIV application commentary series is actually, is actually pretty good. I'd recommend it. Another one is the New American Commentary, NAC. This will be kind of red, gray, or kind of blue-gray, depending on if it's Old Testament or New Testament. That's, that's, that's another really good one. Also, the Brazos Commentary series. This is a bit newer. They're these little black volumes. 
And uh, it's a newer commentary series, so they don't have volumes for everything yet. But they they take a very theological perspective. They're they're not as interested in kind of hashing out every single kind of exegetical quandary, but they are interested in talking about like how these texts connect to like theology and the life of the church. And they have some of the authors are actually kind of not your kind of prototypical exegetical scholars, which I think makes them really interesting. So Brazos series has actually been kind of one of my favorites recently. As far as grammatical commentaries, and this is if you're, you know, interested in such things, or maybe you need help with such things. But these are really good uh, to have by your side, I think, especially if you want to say, kind of read through uh, the pericopes on a particular book in the original language. These can be really great to kind of help you out. So so one is the uh, the Exegetical Guide, published by B&H Academic. And this is a tan, tan white volume. Really, really helpful. Uh, the Baylor Handbook Series. This is kind of yellow or purple. And then also um, there's a series called A Translator's Handbook. So it's like a translator's handbook on the Psalms or whatever. And this is kind of these big, kind of it's a, almost a burgundy kind of color. The, these are really helpful kind of, to kind of hash out some of these grammatical questions. And and the, they'll also talk about some of the interpretive questions. But they're they're more exclusively focused on helping you understand the grammar and some of the possibilities, maybe even the ambiguities of the grammar. Some things that you might not be able to catch yourself or other commentaries might not talk about or or might even miss honestly so these are these are these are quite helpful popular commentaries these are typically written for lay people they're they're not going to be as exhaustive they're going to be much more devotional in character so that they can be very helpful depending on what you're doing or you're using them for i typically don't use them a whole lot just because i don't find them i haven't found them helpful for what i'm doing but i know a lot of people do an example would be a cph is a series called the people's bible that's that would be a good example of a popular commentary the next category we have uh, historical commentaries so one that you you might be familiar with is the ancient christian commentary on scripture these are kind of these black volumes as you'll know our very own dr joel askey is i believe he's currently has been the editor uh, of this series and if you're not familiar with them what they do is kind of particular passages and they'll select quotations from various church fathers and kind of put them all there for you for for each passage so you could be say doing an exegetical paper on a particular passage. And you can just open it up to that part. And you can, at one glance, you can see kind of what Augustine says and what Athanasius says and what Origen says and what Theodore of Mopsuestia says. It, it can be sometimes a little confusing because you're not getting what they're saying in context. These are kind of these quotations. But it's really helpful to kind of get a sense of where they're going with it. It can give you some ideas and can give you a sense of, of where the fathers are going without like trying to find all this stuff yourself. So that, that that's a good one to be aware of and to kind of collect as you as you get the chance. Another one also from IVP is the Ancient Christian Text series. So these are uh, translations of full commentaries from the fathers. So for example, our very own Dr. David Maxwell has translated Cyril of Alexandria's John commentary. There are a bunch of other texts in that series and they're kind of continuing to come out. These can be a bit pricey, but we've got them in our library. And so if you, you, you want to sit down and you want to see, you know, what Cyril of Alexandria has said on John. And uh, it's going to be a little different, I think, than you might be. You can do that. And the, the series is is trying to do that in, in a very readable English. Another one, also from IVP, they're doing a lot of these, is the Reformation Commentary on Scripture. These are these kind of olive green uh, ones. There's also the Reformation Heritage Bible Commentary from CPH, also somehow olive green. I think uh, somehow we're associating the Reformation with olive green. Another one to be aware of for kind of Lutherans is the Lenski commentary. 
I believe it's just New Testament. I could be wrong on that. But the Lenski commentaries are a whole set, and we have them on Logos, so you should have them. But this is a very classic Lutheran commentary on the New Testament. And then for the Old Testament, there's Kyle and Dalich. That's K-E-I-L, Kyle. Kyle and Dalich, also on Logos, translated from the German, and it's a, it's a classic Lutheran commentary on the Old Testament. But of course, there are other kind of whole commentaries, you know, say like, Luther's commentary on Galatians or Romans or on the Psalms and that sort of thing. Those aren't always collected in series. You'll just kind of have to search by book or search by author, depending on what you're looking for. For perspectival commentaries, this is also just something to think about. Commentaries that are written from a particular perspective. So actually, the Concordia commentary series would be an example of this. It's a it's a series that is written intentionally from a, a Lutheran perspective. It's not trying to kind of hide that. It's It's very honest about that. It'll talk about kind of the way that these biblical passages intersect with like Lutheran confessions and kind of Reformation ideas, even if it's not kind of dominated by that. So that's actually an example. But there are other ones. One that comes to mind would be the JPS series, the Jewish Publication Society. So this is a commentary series on the Old Testament from kind of contemporary Jews. They're going to read it a little bit different. But it can it can be helpful to kind of see how someone even very different from you is reading these texts. That can be a a helpful part of your research if that's something that you're interested in and taking a look at. And there, there are others, of course, but this is kind of another category to be aware of. And then finally, we have a single author series. A lot of these tend to be, this kind of seems to have been kind of a thing. I'm thinking of like the like the Matthew Henry uh, series is a, is, a, is a common one. There, there are others from, you know, this, it seems like kind of, this is, this is a thing that people did, you know, where a biblical scholar would kind of write their commentary on the, the New Testament. And uh, we, we just don't, we just don't do that uh, quite anymore. But but this, this was a thing and it can be helpful. Um, some of them tend also to be um, more practically oriented. So I'm thinking of uh, John MacArthur has a series on the thing come it's either New Testament or it might be the whole Bible. But they can also be hit or miss sometimes, the single author series. So I, I tend not to use them too much. But if you find an author you really like, you might you might find that that's a good place to go. It's certainly going to be very, very consistent. Now, another thing to talk about is, say you're working with a particular book, and especially if you're doing research, and you want to know, what are the big, important voices out here? Like, what, what, are, the, what are the influential commentaries that I need to know? That can be hard when you're just starting out, you know. You you may do all this reading, and then you find out later, like, oh, like this this person was who I should have been reading. My recommendation, uh, pick a kind of one of these like scholarly commentaries. Pick the newest one that you can find, kind of one of these ones that engages with a lot of the literature. Pick a newer one and just go through the footnotes and see who did they keep coming back to. Because you'll find that even though they have like all of these commentaries in their bibliography, they're going to keep coming back to kind of usually certainly less than a dozen of kind of the really key voices, even if they disagree with them. But they're, they're going to come back to who are, the, who are the important and influential voices. And that's a really good way to kind of figure out who do you need to know about if you kind of need to know like where the scholarship is going on a particular biblical book. So that's kind of a different perspective than what we've been talking about. But my, my top recommendations to be aware of, um, in no particular order, the Concordia Commentary, these are really helpful. Even if, you know, they weren't Lutheran, they're they're good. They're good commentaries, guys. The Tyndale series, especially because you got them on Logos, I start checking those out. The Brazos series, very theological, pretty short too, actually. I've I found these really helpful for Bible study prep. The Anchor series and the Word series as kind of two kind of uh, very high-level scholarly commentaries. Those are good to be aware of Anchor and Word. And then for your kind of exegetical or your scholarly series, NIGTC, the New International Greek Testament commentary. 
That's a good one. And then uh, N-I-C-N-T or N-I-C-O-T, Nicknat and Nicote. That's another good one. Eight would be the Baylor Handbook, the exegetical one. That's I, I found that to be so helpful. And then, of course, the Ancient Christian Commentary series, those black ones with all the quotations. And then also the Ancient Christian Text series for actually reading whole commentaries from the fathers. Just really, really indispensable. So hopefully that gives you something to go off of and uh, a place to start when you're there in the stacks and you're trying to navigate these commentaries. We'll put those um, those top 10 commentaries for you in the show notes with some kind of links so you can see what these actually look like and kind of learn, learn more about them as well. So hopefully that's helpful. And that's all we've got for today. If you enjoyed Back to the Sources, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery.